Good morning, church. It's so good to see all of you here. For those of you who are online, thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you made time to be with us. We thank God for your faithful attendance and we pray that you will be a part of a grace group if you haven't. Don't do church alone. Don't do life alone. And for those of you who are on-site here, it's so wonderful to see you. And don't you think it is great to see the church serving the church today? Aren't you glad that there's cafe downstairs? Yeah, aren't you glad that there are ushers greeting you, people on the camera, behind the sound, in the lights, the visual, the everything, and even in our Emerge, our Grace Kids, our online team, it is wonderful to have the church serving the church. Last week, we learned that our labour indeed is not in vain, and our rewards are not determined by faith, but by faithfulness. So once again, to all volunteers and leaders, thank you for serving in Grace this year. You started that faith journey in January and you stayed faithful till the end. We thank God for you. Church, would you give all who are serving another hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Last week, before our Workers' Appreciation Weekend, the staff team, we went to JB for our staff retreat, our staff work plan retreat. And it was our first time overseas since January 2020. We had a great time bonding as a star family. We ate, we worshipped, we prayed, we envisioned, and we even raced together. So you can see a photo of us racing. On the first day, we went go-karting. All right, go-karting. And I discovered that I'm a rather reckless go-kart driver. But in our final race together, I, I actually started well. And I got into a really good 10 second lead from second position. I was in front, and the longer I raced, the more confident I was of finishing first. 10 seconds, you know. I didn't make a single mistake. I didn't hit one barrier. So after 10 laps, 10 laps around this race course, I was ready to summon my inner Hamilton for the final 500 meters and a podium finish until I oversteered a key turn I hit a barrier, I came to a complete stop and I needed a marshal to come and help me. And my sore loser excuse is that this marshal took 15 seconds to get me out of my mess. By then, some go-karts had already gone past me and I knew that my race was over. I started well, but one mistake in the final lap was all it took to derail me. So, I ended up third, 1.5 seconds off first, and as the race finished, I had no mood to take a picture of the scoreboard, and I begrudgingly congratulated the winner, whose name I shall not reveal, because I have sore loser competitive issues. Now, I'm kidding, of course, but maybe some of you, you can relate to my go-kart woes. So church, how did you begin your 2022? How has 2022 been for you? You know, we are just 28 days to Christmas and we are 35 days to 2023. In fact, just this morning before, before I came over here, we were praying for the kids at Sparkle and Shine because it's graduation for them. K2s are going to P1 and P4s are going to emerge. We have 10% of 2022 left. Was there something God prompted you to do in January or even from years ago? Are you staying faithful to that assignment or have you given up? 
How can we stay faithful to what God has called us to do until the very end? You see, there's a story in Acts chapter 6 and 7 that shows us what faithfulness to the very end looks like. And faithfulness is what we do with our faith. And so we can learn two lessons about faithfulness through the life and death of Stephen. So here's my big idea. God helps us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do. God helps us stay faithful to what He has called us to do. So tell the person beside you, faith. Tell the person beside you, yeah, say faith. And maybe they're called faith as well. And to those of you who are online, why don't you type out faithful? I've entitled this sharing until the very end. But right now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, bring to our minds what you've called us to do this year or in the years gone by. As we arrive at the end of 2022, help us to perceive how we have stayed faithful to what you have called us to do. Open our hearts to hear from your word and strengthen our faith in you to help us stay faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I only have two lessons for us today. And the first one is this. Every faith journey commences with obedience. Every faith journey commences with obedience. And I'm reading from Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. This is what the Word of God says. Now, in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. In verse 5, it says, And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. In these five verses here, we see a few problems. The first one is that as the disciples increased in numbers, the apostles who were teaching were decreasing in their effectiveness in preaching God's word. So what did they do? They picked out seven men to solve this problem they had. These seven men were to feed and to care for neglected widows. But the most significant problem here was that of inequity. The Hellenist Jews complained to the apostles that their widows were being overlooked in the daily food distribution. But who are these Hellenist Jews? You see, the early church contained two groups of Jews. The Hellenist Jews who spoke in, he, uh, in uh, Greek and they were raised in Greek culture and the Hebrews who spoke in Aramaic. Now imagine, their differences in language and culture became really apparent when these two groups joined the disciples in following Jesus. So as a result, the Hebrews, they perceived the Hellenist Jews to be more pagan and to be more worldly than they were, as if the Hellenist Jews were lesser in spiritual standing. Now one of the seven men with, uh, tasked with this food distribution project was called Stephen. So who was Stephen and why was his appointment significant? You see, Stephen was a Hellenistic Jew and not a Hebrew. So having a Greek name like Stephen provided an obvious clue to Stephen's Hellenistic background and upbringing. Acts chapter 6 
verse 5 and verse 8, it describes Stephen as full of faith and the Holy Spirit, full of grace and power, and that he also performed great wonders and signs. Now, the author of Acts used these phrases to endorse Stephen's spiritual credibility. These phrases are usually used on someone called by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who, Jesus as God incarnate, died on the cross, rose again to bring people back to God's family. Now, preaching the gospel was something Stephen would soon do. So here is where it gets really interesting. Acts chapter 6 verse 9 tells us that there were different groups of people who rose up and disputed with Stephen. Who are these groups of people? Some of them belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, the Cyrenians, the Alexandrians, and those who were from Cilicia and Asia. Who are these? Some scholars believe that these were Jews scattered across Rome, Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and Asia Minor. Now, this is noteworthy because Tarsus, if uh, some of you remember Tarsus, where Paul, previously he was called Saul. That's why you hear Saul of Tarsus, right? Because Saul or Paul, he was from Tarsus and uh, Paul was then later introduced at the end of Acts chapter 7 and Tarsus is actually located in this place called Cilicia. So this provided an insight into their hostility towards Stephen, who was a Hellenistic Jew. Now, Acts chapter 6, verse 10, then tells us that these folks, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen was speaking. So as Stephen spoke more and more and more, they got more and more riled up and angry with Stephen. Now, here's the thing. Despite the log logistical challenges and the hostile um, opposition, Stephen, he stepped up in obedience as a response to his faith in God. His faithfulness to serve demonstrated his true faith in God. Many of us, we know how Stephen's story ended, but Stephen at that point in time had no idea how his story would end, right? And he had no idea what was coming his way when he first began his faith journey in obedience. So, Gracians, all of us, all of us here, we start out our walk with God by faith, don't we? However, while it is one thing to believe in God, it is another to stay faithful to God. Let me say that again. While it is one thing to believe in God, it is another to stay faithful to God. And many of you, you have begun your faith journey of doing something for God in obedience. It could be starting a new job. It could be taking on a different work responsibility. It could be serving in different ministries. Or it could be assuming unfamiliar responsibilities in your family. And I'll say to you, for those who have started this journey, well done. You have started that journey in obedience. And your faith in God will grow when you stay faithful to what God has called you to do. It will grow because you need to keep going back to God to ask Him to help you to overcome all the challenges that you will face in starting this faith journey. So Stephen, he started his journey of faith in obedience. He counted the personal costs and he considered the challenges and the resistance 
ahead of him. Yet, it didn't deter Stephen because his obedience was rooted in his faith in God. Now you see, with all the widows fed, with all the apostles able to preach more, we see the results of this collaboration. In Acts chapter 6, verse 7, we are told that the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So imagine what this, this result, it must have done for Stephen's faith. All he did was to stay faithful to what God has called him to do. And the effect was that he became even more resolute in staying faithful to what God would call him to do next. But let me take just one moment to address all of us here. How did you start out in your own walk with God? And for those of us here who are married, how did you begin your marriage? For those of us here who are parents, how did you begin your parenthood? For those of us here who are single, how do you continue to serve God in your singleness? What about those of us in our workplace or church ministry? What was it like when you started that faith journey of doing something for God in obedience? And more importantly, where are you right now in that faith journey? Have you gone off track? Have you become discouraged, complacent, or even disillusioned? If you have struggled to stay faithful to what God has called you to do, especially with 2022 ending, today, the last week of November, is a good opportunity for you to come before God to acknowledge your failures, your inadequacies, how far off the mark you are, or how rough, how difficult, and how overwhelming 2022 has been. This is a good time for all of us to realign with God. So let us get right with God and ask Him to help us stay faithful to what He has called us to do in 2023. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, and we sung about it just now. It tells us about the greatness of God's faithfulness. We are faithless. We, are, we have no faith, faith in us. We, we, are, we are faithlessness. There's no point having faith in our own faith. No point. But we can have faith in God's faithfulness. It tells us that God's faithfulness is great and that God's mercies are available every morning. It never comes to an end. That's why we must ask God to help us stay faithful to what He has called us to do because His steadfast love for us never ceases. Amen? So, lesson one. Every faith journey commences with obedience. So tell someone beside you right now, obey. Tell them that. Obey. And for those of you online, type out, stay faithful. But gracious, here's the reality. Staying faithful is not easy. Right? Staying faithful in what God has called us to do is not easy. See, whenever we face challenges, we are prone to blame other people, if we're honest. Whenever we face challenges, we are prone to avoid the hardship. We are prone to sometimes even quit the challenge altogether. That's why staying faithful 
to what God has called us to do, it requires God to help us. So lesson number two, and the final lesson today is, every faith journey continues despite opposition. Every faith journey continues despite opposition. Stephen was faithfully doing his duties until he faced opposition from these Jews. And he didn't give up. He didn't take the easy way out. He didn't blame other people, but his faith journey continued despite the opposition he faced. So I'm reading from Acts chapter 6, verse 11 to 14. Then they, this group of men, they secretly instigated men who said, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses. I mean, this is where fake news began, right? False witnesses who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses delivered to us. Now what these Jews didn't know was that Stephen had already experienced God's help. He had seen God's faithfulness and that's why Stephen was so resolute to stay faithful to what God has called him to do. So what did Stephen do? He responded to these allegations from these men by preaching a sermon on how the Jews responded to God in their own history. So in Stephen's one and only speech in the Bible, we find some phrases that may bring us flashbacks of the supernatural realm overview. The supernatural realm worldview. Now, if you want to find out a little bit more about this worldview, you can scan the QR code on screen right now, okay? And it will bring you to our Supernatural Realm sermon series in 2021. So, what's happening here was that Stephen reminded his accusers in Acts chapter 7, verse 40. He, he reminded his, his accusers of how the Jews in history, they worship lesser gods. So these gods as highlighted right there is what the Old Testament would call Elohim. Okay, and not just that, but in verse 41, he also told them that they, their ancestors, they offered sacrifices to an idol in verse 41. And in verse 43, these idols, they even named these idols in verse 43. But in verse 42, this is what Stephen said. When Stephen said that God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven. What Stephen was doing here was that he was doing, he was making a direct reference to the Deuteronomy 32 worldview. And the Deuteronomy 32 worldview is when God disinherited the nations because his people chose to worship other divine beings, even though these divine beings are not God. Even though these divine beings are lesser gods. So what Stephen told them was almost exactly what Moses told the people, told their ancestors in Deuteronomy 32, that God cut himself off from the Israelites as a judgment of their rebellion and rejection of him. Now sadly, these people throughout history repeatedly committed this mistake of rebelling and rejecting God. So imagine, I think if, I was one of the Jews back then, it would be a really tough message to hear. 
right? You're reminded of your history, how God disinherited you. But I put myself in the shoes of the preacher. I think it is an equally tough message to preach. Really tough message to preach. But yet, Stephen continued in his faith journey despite facing real opposition, despite facing spiritual resistance, and despite facing certain hostility. In fact, up to this point in Acts chapter 7, Stephen was telling them, oh, you guys, you are turning away from Yahweh again. This time, you've turned away from Yahweh in the form of Jesus, who is God in flesh. And you know what, guys? You even crucified Him recently. So, you are doing the exact same thing that your Jewish ancestors did. Look, Jews, Jesus is your final hope. If you still reject God's plan again of bringing His people back to Himself, game over for you. Now, I think it takes a lot of faith, a lot of guts, a lot of courage to deliver such a hard message. But Stephen, he was unfazed. He was led by the Spirit to expose their opposition to God and he finished preaching his sermon with a fiery conclusion in chapter 7, verse 51 and 52. So just when you thought it was a tough message to preach, he now starts to scold them. You stiff-necked people. Can you imagine if I come to you today and, Kenneth, Kenneth, you stiff-necked people. It's tough to preach us a message, right? And so Stephen did that with the Jews. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so did you. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. So in effect, Stephen was rebuking them. He was saying to them, instead of Yahweh being your king, your forefathers turned to worship lower-tiered divine beings who didn't even have much power to begin with. That's why God disinherited them and gave them over to lesser gods to worship back then. And yet, today, you haven't learned your lesson with Jesus right before your eyes, walking before you. You're just as bad, if not worse, than your ancestors. Wow. Imagine if you're a Jew back then. Very tough message to hear. So when Stephen finished preaching his first, his last, and his very best sermon, one sermon man, right? He's a one sermon man. He finished preaching that sermon because he knew that when he was done, he would be with God. So we found out what happened in Acts chapter 7, verse 54 to 58. Now, when they had heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. Now, scriptures consistently describe Jesus seated, not standing, seated at the right hand of God. 
So it's interesting that verse 55 and 56 describe Stephen seeing and declaring Jesus, the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. And maybe you've heard some preachers interpret this scene as Stephen receiving a standing ovation from Jesus and personally welcoming him to heaven. But if we do a careful examination of his words, we will see the full picture and why their reaction to Stephen was so violent. It was a mob reaction. It is probably because these Jews remembered Isaiah's words in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 13. That the Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. So this gives us an insight into what it means for God to stand. Now you see, for these Jews, it was outrageous for them to hear that Stephen sought Jesus. That Stephen saw Jesus. Why? Because this is the man, not too long ago, they had rejected, they had crucified. And so for Stephen to say, I saw the Son of Man, they'll be like, no, no, no. And furthermore, they went, Stephen went on to say that he saw the Son of Man standing with God in a place of divine authority. And for the Jews, that was it for them. How can this guy that we just crucified be standing at a place of divine authority with God judging us? In their minds, Stephen was absolutely blaspheming. So they went berserk. And they took him out and they stoned him. Now Stephen was able to continue his faith journey and to stay faithful to God and stay faithful to what God has called him to do despite the opposition he faced. Why? Because Stephen kept his eyes on Jesus who called him and not on the circumstances that was facing him. Stephen stayed faithful until the very end because he knew that he would not finish his journey alone. Jesus was there with Stephen every step of the way. And Jesus is here with us. In our faith journey to do what God has called us to do, we will face opposition. We will face obstacles. And honestly speaking, I think the thing that we face the most is that we will face isolation. In these moments, we must fix our eyes on Jesus just like Stephen did. Let us not lose sight of Jesus. Stephen stayed faithful to what God has called him to do. He didn't waver when he faced logistical difficulties in feeding widows. And then in isolation and clear danger, Stephen became even more resolute when he delivered that speech that eventually caused him to be the first martyr of the early church. Stephen commenced his faith journey in obedience to God and he continued his faith journey despite opposition, even to death. So, Gracians, instead of giving up, why don't we ask God for strength? Whenever we feel weak, we must remember that God is our strength. And God is more than enough for us. Whenever we feel inadequate, we must remember that God's grace is sufficient for, our, for us. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And Gracians, whenever we feel isolated or when we feel alone, 
we must remember that Jesus is there with us. So friends, don't give up. Don't give in. Ask God to help you to lean into Him and to surrender to Him. You've made great progress thus far. Don't give up. Don't give away on your progress and ask God to help you to persevere through pain. Every faith journey that commences in obedience continues despite opposition. Is there any brother or sister among us who has not faced setbacks or adversities as we try to stay faithful to what God has called us to do? Hardly. Every one of us here, we have gone through some kind of obstacle or opposition. But here's the good news. God doesn't leave us alone, but will help us. In Psalm 46 verse 1, it tells us that God is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in trouble. So yes, God helps us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do and He will help us from the very beginning until the very end. So would you turn to someone beside you and maybe you type out on screen, tell the person from start to end. From start to end. You know, I come back to the staff retreat and on the final morning at this staff retreat, our senior pastor gave an altar call for those who needed strength for next year. I responded. I went to the front of the altar call because I knew that ministry next year will be challenging. 2023 will be a tough year. So after seeking God for a while at the front of the altar, I got up and I saw my colleague, my teammate. Um, he is, uh, he's called Aaron and he's looking after the youth ministry right now. I saw him kneeling at the back of uh, the front of the stage and he was just a little bit back and he was kneeling down and he was also seeking God. So after I got up from the altar call, I went to the back, I went to him and I knelt down beside him and then... I asked God to give me a word for Aaron. I put my arm around him and I waited a while before I prayed for him. So I said, God, give me, a, give me a word for Aaron. Give me a word for Aaron. So in those seconds, God impressed upon my heart a phrase that I would never consider using under normal circumstances. Now, to give you context, I'm a Manchester United fan. Okay? That's the context. And the word that God put in my heart for Aaron, who is a Liverpool fan, believe it or not, is this. You never walk alone. No, no clapping. No, 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 no. Don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. Cannot clap this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I told God, I mean, some of you are in disbelief. I told God, I said, God, you got to be kidding me lah. No way. Don't make me say stuff like that. Surely, surely there is another way to thesaurus what you want me to say. Like, you know, God, maybe I can say, Aaron, we are united in church. And then God told me, no, son, say it. Aaron needs to hear it. And so I was like, okay, God, okay. This is not me, huh? this is not me. It's you, huh, God, it's you. So I shall obey. And so I actually said this to Aaron, almost word for word. I put my arm around him and I said this. Not, not praying style. I wasn't very spiritual. I just put my arm around him and I said, okay, bro, I don't really want to say this. And you know, In the moment, I don't really want to say this. 
and you will never hear these words coming out of my mouth again. But this is a specific phrase that I heard from the Lord and the Lord wants to say this specially to you. And then I muttered under my breath and I said, Aaron, you never walk alone. And I elaborated on it. I said, you were never alone in the past and you won't be alone in 2023 because God has been with you. God is with you right now and God will be with you, son. That was why I whispered those words to him. So 90% of me died at the altar and 10% of me could feel Aaron sobbing away uncontrollably. And then I opened my eyes after praying with him and I saw that his pants, you know, he was kneeling down and the tears were coming down and his pants were soaked in tears. And I was like, God, this is all you. I don't know what's going on, but thank you. You didn't make me sing those forwards. I'm very thankful for that. So after service, we process what happened at the altar call as a next-gen staff team. And so then Aaron shared with us that throughout the retreat, he has been feeling a personal sense of inadequacy throughout the three days. He was wrestling with God at the altar call and the last words he told God before a certain united fan knelt down beside him. This is what he told the Lord. God, I feel so alone. Now you know why those four words made him cry buckets. In that moment, God was helping and strengthening Aaron with those four words. And you know what, church? I'm sure God will do likewise for you and I. Gracians like Stephen, like Aaron, and like many others who have gone before you in this faith journey, God will never leave you. God will never forsake you because God is with you every step of the way, whether you are commencing your faith journey to do something for God or whether you are continuing to do something for God despite the opposition you are facing. So Grecians, what has God called you to do or to continue doing? Are you fading out after starting your faith journey? Are you struggling to stay faithful because of the opposition you are facing? Remember, God wants you. God wants to help you stay faithful to what He has called you to do. And God is still at work in your life. God is still at work in your faith journey. So look to Him. God is more invested in you than anyone else to help you. So Gracians, God wants to help you stay faithful until the very end. In your walk with God, God wants to help you stay faithful. So maybe today, it's time for you to restart your walk with God. And God is calling you to stay faithful to Him. Have you been putting faith in yourself? Or have you been putting faith in God? God wants to help you to stay faithful to Him until the very end in your family. How did you begin your marriage? How did you begin your parenting? How are you continuing on as a son or as a daughter? God wants to help you stay faithful to that. God wants to help you stay faithful in your ministry. You are a part of a team and you cannot be apart from your team. So how can God help you to stay on, stay faithful in that team? And God wants to help you to stay faithful to the end 
in your community. Because Grace Assembly is so much more than a building, but it is a spiritual family. So why don't we ask God to help us stay faithful, to commit to building relationships in this spiritual family. Yes, God will help us to stay faithful to what He has called us to do, whether we are commencing that faith journey or continuing in it. In closing, if you allow me to, I would love to share a song that God used to start my faith journey in full-time ministry in 2009. It was through this song that I responded in obedience in my faith to God to enter full-time ministry. And I know that I am not alone in my full-time faith journey. None of us are alone in our faith journey to do what God has called us to do. Amen? God is with us. Our family is with us. Our faith community is with us. And the longer I am in this faith journey of serving God full-time, the more careful I am in asking God to help me so that I don't oversteer, so that I don't hit barriers, so that I don't come to a complete stop, but that I ask God to help me to continue to stay faithful to what He has called me to do. And even when I think I have crashed alone, I recall a kind marshal coming to help me to do what I wouldn't be able to do myself. I could have been last. I could have been disqualified. But at least I finished the race and I became still on the podium. And you know what? God is like that, Marshall. And we must be willing to receive God's help. So as this song is being sung, let's reflect on the words and ask God to speak to us about what is going on in our life right now. What is something that you've already commenced on and you need God's help in? And what is something you need God's help in in continuing to do? What are the things that God has called you to do and to stay faithful in? We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road and those who've gone before us line the way cheering on the faithful encouraging the weary their lives a stirring testament to god's sustaining grace surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us run the race not only for the prize but as those who've gone before us let us lead to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives oh may all who come behind us find us faithful may the fire of our devotion light their way may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe 
and the lies we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May I just invite all of us to stand to our feet and sing unto the Lord this song, a song to commit ourselves to Him again and to say, God, I need your help. Help me to stay faithful as I start a journey. Help me to stay faithful as I continue in a journey of doing what you have called me to do. Hallelujah. And after all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may all find us, find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave, lead them to believe. And the lives we live, inspire them to obey. Oh, may all come. Oh, may all behind us, find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave, lead them to believe. And the lives we live, inspire them to obey. Find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful come behind us oh may all who come behind us find us faithful so church with all hands raised what is God calling you to do what is God asking you to continue to do for those of you who say, God, I need your help. Why don't you raise your hands even higher? God, I need your help. Help me to continue this faith journey. Help me, oh God, to start this faith journey because God, I need your help. So Father, the hands that are raised before you in their family, in their workplace, in their ministry, oh God, you will call them to begin. Father, you will call them to continue. You will sustain them. You will strengthen them and you will give them everything that they need, oh God, to walk with you and to do what you have called them to do. Father, we can stay faithful because you are faithful.
So Lord, at the end of 2022, at the end of November, we as a church, we as a body of believers, we commit ourselves to You fresh and anew. Help us, equip us, strengthen us so that we may stay faithful to what You have called us to do. We commit ourselves to You, Lord, as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.